Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Good afternoon. We will begin by remembering one of America's greatest diplomats, the late Henry Kissinger. We believe that peace... Is at hand. He died yesterday at his home in Connecticut at the age of 100. Kissinger's Jewish family fled Nazi Germany in 1938. He became a U.S. citizen in 1943. I came to this country as a refugee, so I have known in a way what this country means to the downtrodden and to those who need a ray of hope. After serving this country in World War II, Kissinger served as Secretary of State in the Nixon and Ford administrations, he consulted three other presidents. Current Secretary of State Tony Blinken. Secretary Kissinger really set the standard for everyone who followed in this job. Few people were better students of history. Even fewer people did more to shape history than Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger is credited with shaping U.S. foreign policy during the Cold War. He also led a secret mission to end the Vietnam War, which he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for in 1973. Kissinger's shuttle diplomacy helped bring peace to the Middle East, and he was instrumental in opening up China to the West. Former Assistant Secretary of State Robert Charles. Kissinger is almost hard to put into anything like a soundbite. He was a titanic figure in the second half of the 19th century. Former President George W. Bush says with the death of Henry Kissinger, America has lost its most dependable and distinctive voice on foreign affairs. Three people were killed by Palestinian gunmen today in a terror attack at a bus stop in Jerusalem. It happened during the height of rush hour. The men were armed with M16 rifles and pistols. The terrorists there were brothers were killed by off-duty Israeli soldiers. One more day. That's the length of a last-minute add-on to the Israeli-Hamas ceasefire. The fragile truce has been extended for a seventh day to allow the hostages for prisoners swap to continue. The extension was obviously a positive development, but it was only expended by one day, which is less than the negotiators had been hoping for. And there are concerns that this ceasefire could be breaking down. Correspondent Richard Engels says a 49-year-old American school teacher and mother of three was let go yesterday, but dozens more remain in captivity in Gaza. Some family members of the hostages met with lawmakers on Capitol Hill yesterday. The clock continues to tick and not in our favor. 54 days since the last sign of life. Can you imagine? 145 people are still in captivity and their whereabouts today is unknown. Pro-Palestinian protesters interrupted the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony last night in New York City. Protesters, hundreds of them in support of Palestinians. One person seen holding a swastika sign at the protest. The NYPD says there have been more than 700 protests in the city since the war began. There were arrests last week when protesters tried to disrupt the Thanksgiving Day Parade. 
Matt Piper, New York. For just the sixth time in American history, a member of Congress faces expulsion. That vote set for tomorrow for embattled New York Republican George Santos. House Speaker Mike Johnson. We're going to allow people to vote their conscience. I think it's the only appropriate thing we can do. I personally have real reservations about doing this. I'm concerned about a precedent that may be set for that. Santos, who's already announced he will not seek re-election, is accused of misusing campaign cash. He will be on the House floor for that vote. It's the Red State versus Blue State debate on Fox News tonight. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom will go head-to-head, toe-to-toe during that televised showdown. Fox News moderator Sean Hannity will host the debate starting at 9 p.m. The U.S. Senate is debating whether gun violence represents a public health emergency. Texas Senator Ted Cruz doesn't think so. What is a public health crisis is the crime rates that are skyrocketing because Democrats keep letting murderers and violent criminals out of jail. Cruz says the ruling party in the Senate is sending mixed messages when it comes to crime. Their objective is to disarm law-abiding citizens. They simultaneously embrace policies that release violent criminals from jail. The Texas Republican says the soft-on-crime approach emboldens gun-toting bad guys. They want to take away the firearm from the single mom who's taking the subway home at night. That is the only prevention she has against the violent criminals. So far in the year 2023, there have been no fewer than 565 mass shootings in this country, and we've still got a month to go before the year year is out. There's been a ransomware attack on 30 hospitals in six states. Tennessee-based Ardent Health, the recipient of the computer virus. Without access to their computer system, affected hospitals have gone back to keeping paper records. Now, Ardent Health has not yet released a timeline for when its network will be restored or if they plan to pay the ransom. Correspondent Nicole Skanga, the Canadian government has reached a deal with Google that will have the company pay $74 million a year to the country's news industry. A new law north of the border requires tech companies like Google pay publishers for their content. And look who's back on the gridiron. He's coming out of the game. Just 11 weeks after surgery for a torn Achilles, Aaron Rodgers returned to practice with the New York Jets. He took part in a series of quarterback drills, jogged lightly. The Jets have 21 days to decide whether to activate Rodgers from injured reserve. Correspondent Deborah Rodgers Rodriguez, Rodgers hopes to suit up for the Jets game against the Washington Commanders on Christmas Eve. Still to come on the Noon Report, college Jew haters, driver's license dilemma, and RSV on the rise. Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Williams looking at a fairly comfortable, reasonable finish to the month of November. December comes in on the wet side. Forecast details are up in 10. All right, we'll see you then. Thanks, Kevin. News where you live next will begin in western New York where traffic should be flowing again on the I-90. The eastbound lanes were closed all morning long near exit 58 in Silver Creek due to a tractor-trailer fire. One person was killed. That fire broke out around 11 o'clock last night when a big rig parked along the side of the road got rear-ended by a second tractor-trailer. New survey shows 73% of Jewish college students 
students have witnessed or have been themselves a victim of on-campus anti-Semitism. All of this since the start of the Israeli-Hamas war. We have students who can't function properly in their class environment because they feel so threatened. That is a Jewish student at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, which is one of a half dozen schools being investigated by the federal government for failing to take action against these hate crimes. This Jewish American at UPenn says he feels unsafe on campus. Before October 7th happened, Penn had a swastika on campus, and since then it's seriously just deteriorated more and more to the point where students are staying indoors. They're not going to class. They're changing the route. Yesterday, the top elected Jewish American in the United States government, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, gave a passionate speech on the floor of the Senate, urging Americans to reject anti-Semitism. Nearly 50,000 New York motorists are at risk of having their driver's licenses suspended tomorrow because they are not up to date on state-mandated eye exams. There's been a lot of time to to get this done, and we know that, um, you know, some people are scrambling at the last minute. We understand that. We're working on our end to process those vision test results as soon as we get them. That is DMV spokeswoman Lisa Kumjin. She says drivers who renewed their licenses online during COVID are the ones who are facing suspension tomorrow. During the pandemic, we knew it would be, if not impossible, very difficult for many people to go have their vision test done, which is a requirement of having a driver's license in New York State. Notices have been sent out to New Yorkers who still have not complied. The eye exams do not need to be done at the DMV. They can also be performed at places like Tops or Wegmans. With RSV on the rise, the New York State Department of Health is urging people get vaccinated against that virus. It is especially helpful for folks over 60 with medical conditions and those who are pregnant. Right now, there are more RSV cases in New York than flu or COVID. Some groups are not convinced that Governor Hochul's COVID review team will deliver an unbiased assessment on how New York handled the pandemic. Lawmakers and several government organizations aren't convinced the private firm hired to review New York's COVID-19 pandemic practices for $4.3 million will do an adequate job. They've started an early push to fund a separate study in the next budget that they say will yield a more transparent and effective assessment of why there were 80,000 deaths from COVID-19 in the Empire State. The current study is months behind schedule. Their report is due the middle of next year. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Veterinarians are scratching their collective heads today over a highly contagious, potentially deadly mystery dog disease that's killing canines across the country. I wish I had an actual name for it. I don't. Dr. Matthew Souza's director of the McClelland Animal Hospital in Buffalo. He says the mystery illness starts with a cough that can last for several weeks. Dogs typically develop bronchitis or pneumonia after that. These things can spread rapidly, especially when it's respiratory related. I don't think the general public should be too alarmed to the point where they are going to isolate their animals and barricade their animals in their home. There is no known cure for the dog disease, which is spread through dog-to-dog contact. Dog owners are encouraged to limit boarding their dogs and their time in dog parks. So far, the mystery dog illness has showed up in 15 states, including Pennsylvania. New York is not among them yet. New York and Pennsylvania are tied for the sixth most school 
shootings of any state in the country. And a new study in the journal Pediatrics takes a closer look at the weapons used in these crimes and how students are getting their hands on these weapons. The study analyzed 253 school shootings carried out by 262 adolescents. It found the weapons used are mostly firearms that were usually stolen from family members. A little more than 50% of the guns used were taken from family. 30% were bought from illegal gun markets and a little more than 20% of the shooters got the guns from friends or acquaintances. Spectrum News reporter Justin Velasquez, a Buffalo, New York woman who reportedly stole $800 worth of Barbie dolls from a Walmart in Lockport. That woman is also accused of leading police on a high-speed chase that reached speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour. I hope those dolls were worth it. 26-year-old Imani Thompson now facing a laundry list of charges there in western New York. December is one of the busiest months of the year for house fires, and firefighters say Christmas trees are a big reason why. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Experts say it's important to keep your tree well watered and away from any heating source. Also important, um, unplug it before you go to bed at night. On average, firefighters will respond to about 200 fires this holiday season caused by Christmas trees. The second largest Christmas show in the country is underway at the Pennsylvania Farm Show Complex in Harrisburg. Quite a sight there, more than 600 Vendors have set up shop through Sunday. Their toys, holiday decorations, and a 600-square-foot Lego Christmas village on display. Time to talk sports next on The Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the New York Rangers staged a late comeback to knock off Detroit last night, 3-2 at the Garden. Down a goal midway through the third period, Condre Miller lit the lamp to tie the game up, and then with less than five minutes left in the contest, Jimmy Vesse found the back of the net, and the home crowd went home happy. Artemi Panarin also scored for the Blue Shirts, which now sits at a stellar 16-4-1 on the season. Elsewhere on the ice, Montreal doubled up the Blue Jackets 4-2 and the Caps edged the Kings 2-1. In the NBA, it was near perfect shooting by Zion Williamson as he knocked down 11 of his 12 shots. He finished with 33 points. It also helped that Joel Embiid was not playing for the 76ers due to illness. The Pelicans won it 124-114. The Lakers walloped the Pistons behind 35 points from D'Angelo Russell 133 to 107 it was Detroit's 15th straight loss that's a franchise record the Magic down the Wizards 139 120 Toronto beat Phoenix 112 to 105 the Jazz lost to the Grizzlies 105 to 91 Denver a 134 124 winner over Houston and the Clippers beat Sacramento 131 to 117 to baseball Luis Severino is staying in New York. It's just not with the Yankees. Severino signed a one-year $13 million contract to pitch for the Mets next season. 
And NASCAR has a new media contract. The Cup Series will remain on Fox Sports and NBC for the next seven years. Amazon, Discovery, and Warner Brothers are also players in the new deal. That is a look at sports. All right, Randy, man, thank you very much. Still to come on the Noon Report, remembering Henry Kissinger. Terror attack in Jerusalem and the red state, blue state debate. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Gen Z, the generation born between 1997 and 2010, have a distinct reputation, different from baby boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials. Exactly what those differences are and why they exist is a growing area of interest in research. For example, a new report from the American Enterprise Institute's Survey Center on American Life analyzes data collected from a survey of baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Z about their experiences during adolescence. One finding is that Gen Z, or Zoomers as they're called, are less likely to hold a part-time job, to attend religious services, to have romantic relationships, and to use drugs. They also spend more time online, are more likely to identify as LGBTQ, and report being more lonely than previous generations. Now, one factor behind these differences, and a defining difference itself between Gen Z and the adolescent experiences of previous generations, is the role and the use of technology. Gen Z has never known a world without both smartphones and social media. 7 out of 10 Gen Zers report using social media daily, a number that still seems suspiciously low to me, and 56% of Gen Z adults report playing video games in just the past week. Though increased social media and video game use does not necessarily mean that less time is being spent with friends, typically for this generation, it does. And so it's unsurprising that as a whole, Gen Z reports greater loneliness and less time spent with friends during their teen years than older generations. Gen Z is also significantly more progressive in their political views and more likely to identify as lesbian, bisexual, gay, or transgender than previous generations did. Today, almost one in four Zoomer adults identifies as LGBTQ. That's about five times more than baby boomers. Additionally, about 4 in 10 identify as politically liberal, while only 26% identify as politically conservative. Given that virtually every social media platform champions LGBTQ images, behaviors, and ideology, and that LGBTQ ideology has become a defining creed for left-leaning politics, none of this is surprising. Individuals who identify as LGBTQ in this generation are celebrated, especially online, whereas anyone who dissents from the reigning sexual orthodoxies are easily reported online and often quickly deplatformed. And having grown up more online than outside, Zoomers' politics, their values, and their loyalties have been thoroughly shaped by the narratives that are being preached in these social media worlds. Finally, though Zoomers are least likely to attend religious services, there's a common thread across all generations about church attendance and ties directly to family life. For all generations, the majority of those who grew up in a two-parent household participated in religious life during adolescence. Those growing up in a single-parent household were less likely to attend religious services. Whereas 71% of baby boomers attended religious services during their teens, only about 52% of Gen Z attended religious services during theirs. 
Gen Z's generational differences indicate that a shared way of life, one consisting of both physical presence and a commitment to family life, deeply matter in how a generation turns out. Unless these things are recovered, decreased religious observance and increased loneliness will only continue. Human beings, no matter the generation to which they belong, are embodied beings. None of us are our avatars, our online personas, or our social media feeds. When our lives are stripped of the tangible connections with our neighbors, our neighborhoods, and our families, we lose sight of many things that really matter. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Thank you, John. Time for us to take it outside next. Family Life News meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Some sunshine, high temps, 40s. Clouds gather tonight, low temps, 30s. It'll rain tomorrow with high temperatures in the 40s. And for the weekend, Saturday, cloudy, a bit of rain with high temperatures in the 40s and the lower 50s. Still the chance of a spot or two of rain on Sunday. Rain, ice, and snow are risks early next week. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's happening. Thursday, November 30th, the last day of the month, America's diplomat, Henry Kissinger, has passed away at his home in Connecticut. Correspondent Andrea Mitchell has more on this immigrant-turned-American icon. He came to America when his family escaped the Holocaust, rose to the highest levels of American statesmanship, and continued to advise presidents of both parties for decades decades after he left office. Kissinger was instrumental in shaping U.S. foreign policy during the Cold War. The Nobel Prize winner also led a secret mission to end the Vietnam War, and his shuttle diplomacy helped bring peace to the Middle East in the 1970s. Kissinger's the only American to serve as both National Security Advisor and Secretary of State at the same time. There is no country in the world where it is conceivable that a man of my origins could be standing here next to the President of the United States. He's credited with opening up China, too, to the rest of the world and also served under President Gerald Ford as well as Richard Nixon. Henry Kissinger was 100 years old. Palestinian terrorists murdered three Israelis at a bus stop today during the height of rush hour in downtown Jerusalem. They were armed with M16 rifles and pistols. Off-duty Israeli soldiers shot the two brothers dead they were affiliated with Hamas. A temporary truce in the Israeli-Hamas war has been extended for a seventh day. But the BBC's Hugo Pachega says there may be a hitch in getting more hostages out of Gaza. 145 people are still in captivity in Gaza and Hamas has been saying that it is not holding all of them and that they are having difficulties in locating those hostages, in identifying them. So this could be another obstacle before they are released. Correspondent Cami McCormick has the latest on diplomatic efforts to extend the peace in the Middle East. Secretary Blinken met with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, who he urged to help accelerate the flow of humanitarian aid into Gaza. Blinken also stressed the imperative of protecting civilians there. He also met with Israel's war cabinet before heading to Ramallah for talks with Palestinian leader Abbas. Hamas claims a 10-month-old baby hostage, his four-year-old brother, and 
and their mother were all killed in an Israeli airstrike in Gaza. Israel says it's investigating those claims. Hamas did release a second American overnight, a 49-year-old mother of three. New York City police arrested multiple people last night after fights broke out at the lighting ceremony for the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Pro-Palestinian protesters thought that would be a good time to stage a rally against Israel. Last week, cops arrested dozens of these same types of demonstrators at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade after they glued themselves to the parade route. Embattled New York Republican George Santos faces an expulsion vote in Congress tomorrow. If successful, he would be just the sixth member of Congress to be forced out of office. Santos spoke to the media this morning. If they win, if I leave, the bullies take place. This is bullying. The, rep, the chair of the committee putting out a motion to expel, just introducing it and not calling its privilege, was designed to force me to resign. The congressman plans to be on the House floor for the vote. It's important to note here that despite the charges, Santos has not yet been convicted of any crime. They decided to stop short of completing the process, going ahead and putting out a slanderous report, unprecedented. Nobody here's ever seen ethics reports of any other members who's been under investigation. But yeah, again, changing precedent for me, it seems that it's all fair game. Santos accused, among other things, of using campaign dollars to fund personal expenses. And talk about must-see TV. The great red state versus blue state debate happens tonight on the Fox News Channel. We have the number one ranked economy. I want you to know you can rely on California. Florida, we stood up for what was right. This has been a long time coming. We are putting two of the country's most high-profile governors head-to-head -head on the issues that impact every American. The red state versus the blue state. Fox News commentator Sean Hannity will be moderating the 90-minute debate between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom. Start time, 9 p.m. New study today predicts a tough go-ahead for aging baby boomers. The Harvard report says without increased government assistance, many older adults will have to forego care or rely on family and friends for help and homeless numbers could spike over the next 10 years the population over the age of 75 is forecast to increase by 45 percent growing from 17 million to nearly 25 million that's steve kathan reporting and inflation is eating into the cost of the 12 days of christmas on the first day of christmas my true love said to me pnc financials annual christmas index report predicting that the partridge in the pear tree gonna set you back more than three hundred nineteen thousand dollars this year. That's some pear tree. That's a jump of almost 14% from last year. You're plugged into the Noon Report, a Thursday edition on Family Life. And next at noon, Jim Harden, CEO of Compass Care in Western New York, a man who is on the front lines of the abortion wars, trying to save as many lives as possible. Harden says pro-lifers are under the gun like never before due to the Dobbs v. Jackson decision that overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th, 2022. Here's more of our conversation. We are made in God's image and therefore equally valuable without 
qualification from the womb to the tomb, both the mother and the baby. And so, you know, there's been a lot of pro-abortion, domestic terror violence that's been focusing on pro-life pregnancy centers like Compass Care in Buffalo. We got obviously firebombed a year ago, June 7th, after the illegal, unprecedented leak of a full draft opinion of the Dobbs case. A lot of headway made in the United States of America over just the last year to save more lives from abortion. And we know that when you make abortion restricted or illegal in a state, that it does reduce the numbers of abortions in those states. The contrary is also true. The more you deregulate abortion, the more you spend taxpayer dollars on abortion, like New York State does, it increases the numbers of abortion. Abortion is wrong everywhere and always. And so for the first time in the history of abortion in America, the pro-life community has the opportunity to compete head-on with this billion-dollar abortion complex with 21st century telehealth tools, reaching and serving women before they travel to New York State to get a surgical abortion or before they go online to the telehealth abortionist to get these dangerous drugs illegally shipped to them in the mail. And there's so much happening. Planned Parenthood is the the biggest abortion offender in the world, is, is engaging in mass layoffs. The Gallup poll came out recently, longstanding poll, basically showing that more people in America want abortion restricted than ever before. And so, you know, you you see the abortion industry and pro-abortion politicians and and, and extremists responding vehemently, violently in in many cases, to just essentially uh, protect the abortion industry. They don't care about women. They don't care about reproductive rights. They don't care about any of that. They care about what abortion gives them. And if we continue to vest government or government officials with the power to decide who qualifies as a person protected under the law and who doesn't, it's a slippery slope. Because who's next? If it's preborn babies today, it might be those who want to protect preborn babies tomorrow. Or, or it could be whoever is most expensive to take care of. It could be the elderly. It could be whatever they want. It's a slippery slope. What does the Declaration of Independence say? It says we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. The one that presupposes all other rights is the right to life. Uh, you can't have any other rights, of course, if you don't have uh, the right to life. And if, and if the government starts to create, fabricate rights like, say, abortion, uh, then it will always compete with the inalienable ones like life. And so uh, we're, we're facing uh, some, some great times ahead. Also, some, we're, we're getting some significant headwinds. The Department of Homeland Security uh, re- released a bulletin from the National Terrorism Advisory System warning of increased violence because of these judicial decisions. In fact, it says, and I'm reading now, factors that could mobilize individuals to commit violence include judicial decisions pertaining to socio-political issues, read their abortion. Likely targets of a potential violence include faith-based institutions. So there have been over 300 attacks on pro-life entities since the illegal, unprecedented breach of Supreme Court security last May 2nd, a year ago, 2022. And, uh, and they're expecting more. So we're praying for safety. We're praying for peace so that pro-life people can continue to do what we do publicly, free from threat or violence or censorship, for that matter. We expect great things to come. The Lord is, is moving uh, wonderfully amongst us, and we're seeing lives saved from abortion every day, women and children both. That is Jim Harden, the CEO of the Pregnancy Help Center Compass Care in western New York. Worth mentioning, there was a report this week that showed since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, 32,000 babies have been saved from abortion in this country. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. A very good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Well, pretty decent day shipping up across the region this afternoon, but we do have some changes coming up. We have got an area of low pressure in the heartland coming east. Going to deliver rain here tomorrow. Another system bears watching that could meet a wintry mix early next week. 
For this afternoon, though, we're fine. Some sunshine, high temps, 40s. Clouds gather tonight, low temps, 30s. It'll rain tomorrow with high temperatures in the 40s. And for the weekend, Saturday, cloudy, a bit of rain with high temperatures in the 40s and the lower 50s. Still the chance of a spot or two of rain on Sunday. Rain, ice, and snow a risk early next week. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. And finally, at noon today for a Thursday in a day and age when kids routinely get called out for behaving badly, it's nice to hear stories every now and again of when kids do the opposite, the do-gooders out there. Well, Family Life's Brian Query tells us about a couple of them in a quiet neighborhood in Iowa. Caught on a front door camera last month, two boys named Liam and London saw someone take all of the candy from a bowl left out for trick-or-treat. So they refilled the bowl with their own candy and even handed out treats and toys they received to other families. Local news caught wind of the heartwarming story and decided to interview the boys. And that's where they found out they spread joy and kindness as they faced their own grief after the loss of their older brother last December. Struck by the boys' resilience and compassion in the face of personal tragedy, neighbors, friends, and even strangers rallied together to make a difference in their lives. And a GoFundMe campaign has now been set up with the goal of providing the young heroes and their family with a well-deserved vacation. So far, close to $6,000 has been raised. A community rallying together to say thank you to two boys who showed the true meaning of compassion for others. Brian Query, Family Life News. Excellent. Never tire of doing good. Thank you very much, Brian. And that's the world we live in, folks. Thursday, November 30th, the last day of the month. The last month of the year starts tomorrow. Bring on December. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.